This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Albert Kearney and Sam Heskiff are here with me for this week's instalment, which is Knowledge at Home, where we hope we won't be pukey at full time. Who writes this shit? No paywall, no subscription. Back of the Nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, we're back and it's after a last minute stinker against Wolves. Um, Heskiff. Patrick Van Arnholt not getting out to block the crosses. Joel Wall diving into the Sellers Park turf. It was not not quite the ending we wanted. It wasn't. And annoyingly, I think my mates that I stand with uh, missed it because they left to go up the stairs and beat the beat the crowds. So did they miss the, the Joel Wall goal as well? They did not. All right. That was a good one to miss. A few people around me missed that one. Uh, Albert, welcome to the show. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Um, how's your week been? Uh, well, we are over halfway, aren't we? So let's put that behind us. Full <laughs> steam ahead to the weekend. I went back to the gym for the first time in like four months last night. So I'm, um, I'm struggling a bit. Had you left something there? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, my dignity certainly got left there last night. I can barely move today and it's going to be worse tomorrow so um i think i've fully earned this what kind of beer do you like heineken, heineken. fuck that shit packs blue ribbon after all the pressure last week heskiff has a beer this week i do but we spent so much time talking shit beforehand i've actually just finished it uh it was a can of red stripe shock horror um was there any sugar cane in that let me just check. Not that kind of cane, um, but there is cocaine. So this is <laughs> going to be a good show. <laughs> Albert, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a Vocation Brewery Solar Wind. <laughs> you, you, You're you not. Made that up. And my bollocks, I'm drinking a can of Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but were you out for work beers before, drinking Camden Hells? No, no. Straight home with uh, with with some Heinekens. Um, but 
I did Google a craft beer that sounded the sort of like the sort of thing you drink, <laughs> and Vocation Brewery Solar Wind is the best thing I could find. So you know, maybe next week. Now I know where to get it. Well, last week I did um, say that I was going to get some fresh beers, and I did. As um, I'm sure about ten people listening will care, um, mainly me and my dad. <laughs> but, uh, this one was particularly for you. It's from Gypsy Hill Brewery, so just down the road. And it's called Friends um, of the Show. Friends of the Show. It's called Nonsensical, Albert. <laughs> uh, n- nonsensical or nonsensical? Nonsensical. <laughs> it's, it's a New England IPA. Um, My favourite. Fermented with our house Kivyak yeast, which yep. kicks out boatloads of orange peel esters. It's yeah, been highly meant- hopped with Idaho 7. Raquel and Clubhouse favorite citra for big pungent fruits, tropical notes, and citrus peel. Uh, Heineken, it just says serve cold on the can. Uh, goes well with expats and coffee culture. <laughs> so I'm going to have a taste. Hang on. Oh. Imagine if it was shit. Oh. I mean, at this stage, I think I'd probably just lie and say it was good anyway. I'd imagine, but not being not being funny. The amount of times you plug the Gypsy Hill Brewery, surely you're in for some sort of little freebie. Surely, uh, I don't know. They probably don't listen. Probably, I don't think we're the hipster podcast. Well, I'm getting nothing out of Heineken. Then let's be honest. <laughs> I think we've probably got more chance of getting it out of Heineken than we have Gypsy Hill, to be honest. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, right, what's been happening this week? Uh, there was a Palace fan on First Dates Hotel. Does do either of you even watch this show? Do you know what? Vanessa was watching it and she called me downstairs to identify the shirt to make sure that it was Palace. Mm. Um, I can't tell you anything about him, but he's got good taste in retro shirts. Well, it was quite interesting. Um, take the lad out of South London and all that, but um, the show works by they set you up on a date with someone. You go and stand in this hotel for a couple of days, and they organise you a date. But he met another girl by the pool before he had his date, and he was getting all friendly with her. Um, then he went into the restaurant and had his actual date with this girl, and uh, then showed her his fingering technique. On, on the on the piano of course um he played her played her a song on the piano and she sung along but then um you know he binned her off and went back with a girl by the pool and then uh left in his palace shirt so that's how so we all knew well being a palace fan i'm assuming he had two bites of the cherry but still didn't score <laughs> it's, yeah. it's known as uh the benteke chirps i believe <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, he d- did actually, the girl by the pool, he did, um, he's actually in a relationship with her. I wonder if he listens to the pod. If you are, get in contact and um, you know, send, send us a voice note and slag us off or something. But great pl- piano playing skills and well done on pouring the hottie up the Palace fans on First Dates Hotel. Also this week, uh, Ian Wright has started doing some sort of thing with spec savers. Albert, have you enjoyed the advert with the Mona Lisa painting? Now, you've made a big assumption there in that I've seen that advert and in in true glasses where, you know, a spectacle wearer fashion, I, have, I haven't I have seen it. I'm so sorry, I'm right. 
<laughs> so he's sat in front of the Mona Lisa describing what he's seeing and it's kind of a running trend for all of the advertisements that where they're putting him in front of pictures and you have to guess what he's talking about. And um, so Heske, have you seen it? I have seen it, but I get enough of the Mona Albert before uh, worrying about the Mona Lisa. Is it better than his Chicken Tonight adverts? I don't know if you remember those. Oh, classic. One feels like Chicken Tonight, I believe, was the little twist he put on it. Uh, and Inwright's also been getting a bit of, um, well, I don't want to say abuse, but from Palace fans in a new FIFA game, he's in some of the games that played at Sellers Park on it. He turns up on a banner uh, done by the Homestyle Fanatics behind the goal on it. And um, it's him in a Palace shirt doing the bogle, which all you 90s people may remember as a dance that was popular back then. But Heskiff, he only did this in an Arsenal shirt. He did. Uh, terrible research. Absolutely. I don't, I don't play. I don't play FIFA to be honest, but I'm outraged nonetheless. You did play FIFA at my house that one time, and you scored a goal. I did. <laughs> uh, I think it's the, you know, the technique of just mashing as many buttons as you can and hoping for the best. That seemed to work. Yeah, Vanessa seems to like that technique as well. No comment. Let's <laughs> oh, move on. <laughs> Uh, anyway, talking of spec savers, um, someone needs them because Jim Daly from the Five Year Plan podcast has had a baby. <laughs> Congratulations to JD. Um, Albert, born nine months to the day after Palace won 3 2 at Yeti had. Well, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> I mean, Heskiff, that's, uh, it can't be coincidence, can it? No. There's a joke there about. Andros not being the only one who scored that day or something, but the cocaine has taken effect and I'm... Yeah, but Andros finished outside the box. <laughs> silence, silence from me there. Yeah, it was, but it was Luka Milivojevic who slotted home inside the box, so I think that's probably more what we're looking for. Anyway, yeah, congratulations to JD on having your first child and good luck for all the future with that. Benteke um, Daily, I thought it was a really good choice of name as well. A really nice tribute to to Christian. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, there was no. I don't believe there's any Palace references in the name, but could be wrong. Uh, social media abusing of players and all that malarkey is has been fresh in the Palace psyche this week. Um, Patrick van Arnholt getting <laughs> the dog's end of abuse. Uh, Heskiff, do you? do you people have the right to send this abuse to players if they're going to put themselves out there on social media or is this um is it a bit unfair to just lay into the player for you know effectively all he did was fail to close down a cross does he <laughs> deserve to get loads of abuse for that <laughs> um i mean i i don't really see the point to be honest I, i've definitely shouted at the football for him to do his job and try and tackle and try and get the ball and you know that's fallen on deaf ears for the last sort of year and a half um but yeah going on twitter and adding him i think you know if you go on there and say isn't pva a shit defender can't he block across is one thing but adding him in and calling him whatever name just don't see the point as jme once said bruv don't at me um <laughs> albert he's said um he's going to start blocking people it's time for the obvious joke again on the pitch or off the pitch? <laughs> hey. So uh, he's been blocking loads of Palace fans. And of course, that just 
you know, adds fuel to these people. They everyone then wants to be in the club of the people he's been blocked by, so they can do a screen grab and show everyone um, what an achievement they've made. Ooh, oh, you're odd. Have you ever been blocked by anyone on Twitter? Uh, don't think so. How do you? I suppose you have to. You have to. That's what I find a bit weird about it. You have to then actively go back and check if you've been blocked. I could have well been blocked by people on Twitter, but I've not been looking for it. Yeah. It's true. It's it's. I got blocked by someone on Twitter this week, and only realised because it messed up the tweets in my feed. And I was like, "What? Why can't I see this tweet?" And then found out that he blocked me after he engaged me in conversation. Didn't like what I had to say, and then blocked me. Um, so, just as well, Albert hasn't checked our pages, isn't it? <laughs> was it the Gypsy Hill Brewery? We did the did the begging get too much for him? Uh, mate, I'll, I'll tell you what, begging or not, this beer is lovely. It's, it is very fruity, lovely stuff. <laughs> You've gone all squiffy. I've gone all squiffy. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know what the percentage is. Uh, 5.5. Oh, there you go. That would probably be why. Um, well, some might say that Patrick Van Arnold's performance was worthy of a conference place. Um, and he might be able to play in a conference in a couple of years. But of course, I'm talking about the Europa Conference League. Heskiff, could they have made it sound any shitter? They probably couldn't have, um, unless they give it a really crap sponsor. Um, like the Gypsy Hill Brewery Europa <laughs> Conference League. Um, do you know what, though? Whatever, however crap it is and however shit the name is, I would be well up for Palace being in it. So I'm all aboard. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Turkey away or something like that. Albert, um, would you go away days on the Europa Conference League tour? Mate, I'm barely up for going for the home games at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm beaten at home, mate. You, have you been to a game this season? Yeah, I was oh. I was at the uh, the Everton game. Thank oh. you very much. Oh, okay, I was going to try and draw some conclusions there. Draw away. Draw, draw away. <laughs> Last thing we're going to touch on before we get into the preview is maybe a little bit of a longer topic. Gary Cahill, um, at the end of the game, Heskiff, he was very, very vocal. And um, we were trying to talk beforehand to work out why he was so upset at the um, Wolves goal. Uh, Maybe he was thinking that Zaha was fouled further down the field. But he was... um, Talking to the referee, and Luca came to try and talk to the referee. And of course, Luca is the captain, but Cahill pushed him away and um, resumed his conversation with the ref. Uh, does does the armband need to change hands? Well, I think we said a couple of weeks ago that Cahill did seem very vocal. Um, I noticed it during the Man United game, which was his debut, and he he was organising a lot and yeah, talking to the defence and the midfield. And that hasn't changed. I mean, every game that I've seen him play since, he's he's been very vocal in that way. And, you know, he, he does show qualities that you would expect from a captain. He's very defensive of his own team, even this early on. Uh, and like you say, I mean, we, we couldn't figure out. I'm assuming it's because he thought Wilf was fouled in the build-up to that Wolves goal, even though you and I both disagree. You know, we don't think he was. But yeah, he's, he seems to be very um, keen to be vocal and, and stand up for his team. And that's something that really we haven't seen Luca do as much as we think he should. 
I don't think the captaincy will change, although Luca is one booking away from a suspension, I believe. Yeah, I so mean, that, that takes him going after six games. <laughs> it does. And I think if he, if he does get that suspension, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Cahill leading the team out the next game because he, he's a leader, which is what you want from a captain first and foremost. But even without the armband, you know, I think he's going to be such a, a big presence um, away from the game as he is, you know, playing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, his performances have been great so far, really. Even I don't even think it was that bad in the 4-0 defeat to Spurs, although I say that having not seen all of it, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he got the armband. I mean, it'll probably be Sacco, I imagine, unless players in the background are saying that he's made such a good impact and they'd be happy for it to happen. But um no doubt he's been a really good influence already and I love the way he conducts himself and um, hopefully we can get a couple more years out of him, Albert. Two words, Jeffrey Schlupp. <laughs> you think he'll be captain? Well, probably. He, 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 he manages to wangle himself into every other situation. <laughs> yeah, well, let's um, talk about that when we get on to the preview, which we'll get into after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. It's punching! It's beautiful! Critical for Crystal Palace. Right, we're starting the preview this week with some very, very jinxy stuff. Albert, Norwich haven't won at Sellers Park since 1996. That's, I mean, that just sounds literally unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is there any team that hasn't won at our place in 23 years? Yeah. The most inviting place in South London. There's not literally not a safer place for a team to come. It's a tough place to go. Yeah, by train. Yeah, uh, yeah. the the thing that do you know what the thing that sticks in my head is the three all uh, Premier League fixture in the oh four oh five season. Um, that I mean, we we managed to pull it back, and it at the time it felt like a win, but. You know, for all intents and purposes, and you know, cut to a few weeks later, we're relegated. In the grand scheme of things, that really did feel like a loss. So I think that's that's probably the thing that's making me doubt your you know your fact, which is ultimately true. Yeah, the last time it was May '96, and David Hopkins scored an own goal, and that was the winning goal in that game. And then since then, yeah, no no defeats and many many wins in there. And of course, the most recent being is Punchin. It's beautiful, Heskiff. Good day out, that one. Brilliant day out. One of my 
favourite goals since we uh, since we came up. And of course, it was a huge game at the time because um, that was when we were in free fall in the Premier League on our way to the FA Cup final. But sh- you know, nose diving towards relegation, and that would have been a you know, had we lost that day, we would have been right in the mire. But um, that pretty much being a huge six pointer as it was put us safe. Um, and cutting inside and curling it in the bottom corner there and celebrating in the in the corner near the HF and the Arthur and um all of the <laughs> all of the memes of everyone making it look like it was some sort of painting from the you know long times past. Uh what, what another jinx. Oh that's it. Second jinx, Albert. Vicente Guaita, zero errors leading to goals since joining. Yeah, I'll take that. You know. Keep up the good work. So, so just we'll just end four or five players in front of him that need to, uh, you know, try and replicate that. Yeah, I just think we'll end the pod now, saying that Norwich will win one nil with Vicente Guaita dropping the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> Do you know for com- for comparison? And I'm, you know, just picking someone at random. Do you know how many uh, errors leading to goals? I don't know. Someone like Wayne Hennessy's got. Um, he had one last season, as did Julian Speroni. How many games did Sproni play? <laughs> Sproni had the horrible error at Liverpool, didn't he? Um, in the four-three loss up there, yeah. Before coming back to sell us and having it, but Hennessy only played like half the season, didn't he? Really? Yeah. By the you know, did Guaita play probably about fifty percent of the games in the end? Yeah. So I think it's twenty-six games Guaita's played now, um, with no errors leading to a goal. Um, for contrast, I think uh, Begovic had the most last season with five, and then David De Gea I think had four, was second. So, um, is this including the cup? Because no. the Watford game, ah, there you go, loophole, <laughs> but fully exploit it, Vincente. Carry on, mate. <laughs> He's like, yes, get us out of the cups. This, this, this stat will stay golden. Yeah. Yeah, and pre preseason tournaments against Swiss teams don't count either. Oof. They definitely don't. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm uh, Heskiff, have we have we replaced Speroni at last? Is this is this going to be the keeper that we can all get behind and love for many seasons? I hope so. I think it's taken him long enough to get to this point through obviously no fault of his own and you know through no fault no uh, lack of calling for it from from us. Uh, I'm happy though that we can stop the sort of who's better out of him and Hennessy debates that were going on last year because clearly Guait is a much better goalkeeper. Even when Hennessy had improved as he had at the beginning of last season, I don't think he's a patch on Guaiter. And I think in 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 all the disappointment of letting that last second equaliser in against Wolves, um, not many people have talked about how good a save Guaiter made from. I think it was Doherty's header um, in the first half. It was absolutely unbelievable save. And, you know, it, it, you, you sort of, you know that he's got those sort of saves in him because we've seen them a few times now. And I think that with, now that he's had a run of games and a shake as the defence has been of late uh, in the last sort of couple of games, I think they know that they've got a keeper they can rely on as well, which is a massive, uh, massive part of the defensive team. So yeah, I, I hope he I hope he stays as number one for ages. Yeah, I think it's he's gonna be the difference between our home form being as dire as it has been in recent years to actually turning it around and making it a little bit better because he's making saves in the te- in the moments that teams would score against us previously, if that makes sense. So 
You think about the Doherty header from that game. You think about Vardy's chance last season against Leicester. In the key moments, we've got a goalkeeper there, finally, who can pull off the miraculous save and keep us going forward, keep the momentum going and not letting us just get caught on the counter once and concede a goal. You have faith that he's going to do something in the back and um, Bally's defence out, etc. So I'm absolutely delighted that he's starting to show the form he has, you know, how many other goalkeepers in the Premier League are saved penalties by Messi, for example? You know, <laughs> not 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 many, we shall say. So, uh, yeah, really delighted with the way Vicente is performing at the moment, and um, hopefully, hopefully, we can keep hold of him and he goes on to become a, a Palace great. Now, I was listening to a Norwich podcast. Um, I would like to tell you what it was called. I'm going to have to pull it up on my phone and just feel slightly for a second because it had a really really bizarre name. Um, was it Hopkin looking to curl one against Palace? <laughs> 1990, May 1996. 96.com. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Okay, it was... <laughs> have another guess. Uh, was it Rule Fox in the box? Oh, that's what it should be called. Absolutely. Uh, it's called... Was it My Sister's Got 11 <laughs> Fingers? Slash mum. <laughs> so let's be having you. No, it's called the Pinkun. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a that's a that was an old blog as well. I think really. Yeah, I remember that. And they were Norwich fans. That, yeah, I'm pretty sure that what was the, what was the old football site that sort of had a dedicated fan page, but it was like an over. Was it like football three six five or something like that? That's definitely, uh, definitely, yeah. That, that's been around for a while. Oh well, there you go. I, uh, yeah, good on you. Good on you for knowing and just shooting me down in flames there. But anyway, I was listening to that earlier, How? and um, they were saying that defensively they've been a bit shaky this season. They've conceded a fair few goals. Uh, Godfrey was one that they uh, said in the middle was really struggling this season but they also pointed to their fullbacks and said they expect them to be in for a tough weekend that being Jamal Lewis and Sam Byram now Zaha's obviously been pulling into wider areas so far this season Heskiff and is it a case of just getting on the left hand side get Townsend back in the team and attack the fullbacks I think it's definitely worth considering yeah because as as good as Norwich have looked going forward in the games I've seen them sort of carrying on the form from last year, I don't want us to keep playing such a sort of defensive starting eleven as as we have been and as we did on on, on Sunday. I think Wilf was very good on Sunday, maybe not back to his best, which is obviously you know scintillating form, but certainly his best performance of the season, I think, and was confident and, and was beating beating the fullbacks fairly easily and, and fairly often. So I definitely think keeping him wide if their fullbacks are having a shaky season is is, you know, assert that's that's definitely what we should be doing. And I don't see why Andros shouldn't get a game. Um I know that he's not my favourite player, Jeffrey Schlupp, but I thought he was bad on Sunday. I don't you know, I don't think he offered anything and like we said last season, you, you you know if if you have a squad of players and we've got bloody loads of midfielders, you, you got to change them around. Um, Andros didn't start the season great, but then realistically, other than Ayu, maybe Cahill and Guaita, no one has. So I would probably do that. I would certainly mix it up 
um, and and play out and out wingers. I know that's not something we do a lot, but you know, pace and attacking fullbacks is what we're going to have to do because three defensive midfielders in the middle ain't working. Yeah, it's it's extremely frustrating. You're lining up at home. You think back to the Wolves game. You've got a team that hasn't won in the league so far this season. Their Europa League campaign has started to fall off as well. They've got no confidence, and they come to Sellers Park and. They see a midfield three of Kiarte, Milivojevic and MacArthur and there's same old, same old, no real attempts to uh, or chances to break them down. Weirdly on this podcast as well, they said that they think we've got a really strong midfield uh, that can create a lot of chances. Is that something you've seen so far this season, Albert? I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't know if I've been looking away or been a bit distracted, but no, I've not seen it. I know there's the whole stat about was it Lucas created the most chances or something in the in the Premier League, which we were talking about? But you know, we tend to just be a bit bit turgid. You know, we're not we're not creating a, a you know a bucket load of chances that are either being saved or you know just going wide or you know unlucky to get a deflection or hit the post or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I don't I, I don't certainly don't agree. Certainly, the the midfield three that started the last game, as Heskis alluded to, it's not doesn't scream creativity. So, you know, if we lined up again like that on Saturday, if I was a Norwich fan, I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah, I wonder what Victor Camarasa thinks again, sat there on the bench or not on the bench, as it's been in a few games already this season. Uh, He must look at our midfield and wonder where the creativity is. And it's, it's very bizarre that we feel like on paper we signed the player that we need in the middle of the park to unlock some defences and obviously Roy doesn't fancy him at the moment. Now, of course, that could change next season if, well, if they're both still around, I guess, but it's at the moment he seems a long way off of the first team and we seem a long way off of still, you know, not attacking teams at home, especially weaker teams in the way we potentially should. Now, Hesketh, can you see it changing this weekend? Because it is Norwich and it is a team that, you know, is going to leave gaps for us to exploit. They're going to play their way. They're going to pass the ball around us. They're going to, you know, try and get through our press and they'll leave holes that need to be passed into. But are you confident that any of our current midfield three will make those passes that will unlock them? No, I'm not confident. And and I'm not confident in Roy if not starting with changes, making those changes. You know, if you look at you look at Sunday, he took James MacArthur off, who actually thought played played the best of the of the three midfielders. And then instead of bringing on Max Meyer, for example, or someone who could give it a bit of impetus, he just brought on James McCarthy, which is pretty much a like for like. So it's just <clears throat> it's unadventurous and and regardless of the other team's tactics and and style of play I think Roy will just stick with what he knows and what he likes and that seems to be sort of a pretty dogged unadventurous midfield unfortunately so you know I'd like to see Maya get back in the team or Camrassa get a game but I can't see it happening to be honest at all now, one thing that we have had a weird, very weird stat is that every team we've played against at Sellers Park in the league this season has finished with 10 men. Heskiff, do you do you think this has been hampering us in, in a way? <laughs> well, I think if, if we still had Pards as manager, we would have lost all three, to be honest. Um, uh, there's, there's ways of looking at it. I mean, you can say, well, we've, we've 
we haven't lost in those games. I mean, why quite why we would, but as I say, under pods, that's something we do. Um, Villa, you could say we were sort of had a fortuitous decision go our way. So, you know, otherwise we would have had another another Wolves type result. So we haven't really. I don't think we've really um, made too much of an advantage. I think against Villa, maybe we were we were we were better, but. There were times against Wolves where even though we had chances, which we missed, obviously, um, they were passing the ball around quite well against us. And it, it it's just a bit it's a bit worrying. And I think we weren't you know, using the space that was there to our advantage. So, you know, if we can't do it against ten men, it's a bit of a bit of an ask for us to do it against eleven, really, isn't it? It certainly is. Now, we all thought this season that VAR was going <laughs> to intervene and give us loads of penalties. And of course, Albert, this has, hasn't happened. It's, it's been red cards, which is slightly different. We'd rather take the goals, wouldn't you? Most definitely. I mean, playing against 10 men has always been the death knell for us. I can't remember. And, there, you know, there could well be exceptions to the rule, and I'm sure you could probably think of some. But in all my years at Celeste, I cannot remember... Uh, a team going down to 10 men and us, re- you know, taking real advantage and putting them to the sword. No, it's, it's so, it, we, we've we done okay. There was a blip under Pardew against 10 men because uh, in, in every game this season when my sisters, <laughs> when they've gone down to 10 men, my sister's like, we always do terrible against 10 men. And so I kind of looked into it. It was like, well, it's not always terrible. I think everyone remembers fresh in the memory still relatively was, uh, Liverpool going down to ten men when we were one 0 up and then losing the game two one. Um, there's been a there's been a few times as well where teams have gone down to ten men and we haven't got uh, an equaliser. And of course, you know there was we could have very easily conceded an equaliser against Villa, and then we did concede an equaliser against Wolves. So uh, I don't know whether there's some complacency that slips in or something like that. But you know I'll I'll take a team going down to ten men at every home game this season if I'm honest. Uh, but we'll have to. You know, find ways to take advantages when they happen because, you know, especially when you look at the opposition we've played at Sellers Park this season, you know, we're going to get far harder games. So if we're getting these games against teams that go down as 10 men and not getting the results, even when they're teams that we'd be expecting to get results when they're playing with 11 men at home, then, um, you know, as I say, we've got far tougher games to come at Sellers Park this season and we want to get the points on the board as early as possible. Now, also on this Norwich podcast, Hesk, if they were slagging off Sellers Park and its facilities, have you ever heard anything like it? They've been on TripAdvisor. <laughs> well, maybe maybe after the game, they'll go on there and leave another one for us. Well, listen, I've said this on the podcast before and I'll say it again. A team that has yellow as their home colour is a disgrace to the sport. So they can say whatever they want about our, about our home grounds. If you're wearing yellow as your home colour, you're not allowed an opinion. Uh, does that stand for Borussia Dortmund as well? It's going to have to, mate. <laughs> you're a disc- I mean, there's yellow and then there's canary yellow. Mm. Whole different kettle of fish or canary. <laughs> Something like that. Put the cat amongst the canaries. I don't know. Uh <laughs> But one one thing they were saying is that they would absolutely take a point now. Um, they were saying that after you know the highs of beating Manchester City three two at Carrow Road, 
they were then looking ahead to Burnley and Palace away as potentially winnable games, but they got slapped down to earth a bit at Turf Moor, which you know will happen to better teams than Norwich. And they're now saying they'll take a point out, but it's, for us, a point probably not good enough in this game, is it? No, it was only this time last week that we were talking about you know wanting six points out of Wolves and the Norwich game. So, given what's happened in the Wolves game, we all know how that ended. If we come away this weekend with only a point, it's a disappointment. You know, we should be, yeah, we, we should have been aiming for six. And I know we probably are aiming for six. And it was a, a last minute goal. You know, these things happen. But that should only put the onus on, on you know, going that extra mile to, to convincingly win three points against a newly promoted team who have had you know decent performances. Obviously, they beat City a couple of weeks ago, but like you say, they got a real cold, hard slap around the face after 15 minutes at Burnley, finding themselves 2-0 down. I want us to go out and... I'm not saying I want us to smash them 5-6, but I'd like to see a really convincing convincing victory, and which, you know, four points from the last two home games reads a whole lot better than two points from two games, or worse, one point. From those yeah, two games. Nobody wants a cold, hard slap in the face twice by wood, no matter when it is. <laughs> I don't care how many beers you've had. Uh, so, Christian Benteke apparently destroyed Norwich once in an FA Cup quarter final game. And they said, Heskiff, they think this would be the very, it would be very, very Norwich to have him come back to form and score the winning goal against them. Discuss. It's taken him a long fucking time to get back to form, mate. Uh, I, I, no. I say no to that. I've been a big defender of Benteke over the last year and a half, maybe, but I've been worn down. I've been worn down. And when he missed that chance against Wolves on Sunday... I think that was the death knell for him, really. For me, he just doesn't... He's just a shell, isn't he? He's a, he's a husk of a player that he, that he was in his first season and I just can't... I'm struggling to deal with it. So if he comes back and scores two or three goals against Norwich, they deserve to go down. <laughs> two to three goals against Norwich. Now, look, um, how do I put this... Christian, when he got through on goal or, you know, dropped his shoulders to beat the man uh, to open up the far side of the goal against Wolves and really looks like he was going to score with his feet for Crystal Palace in the league for the first time in, it must be pushing three years, maybe four years, especially when you take penalties out of the equation. I was so excited. I was, I was climbing on the chair in front of me in block B. I was it was going to be the moment that he was going to score. It would have been 2-0, put the game to bed, given him some confidence and moved on. And when he hit the goalkeeper, the mood around the stadium just completely changed. Now, there's already people waiting to slag off Benteke at the, the smallest of opportunities. But I really sense the changing in the tide amongst all of the people, not just the people who want him to foul, but the people who've been sticking up for him. And I've seen it a lot more on Twitter and a lot of people saying, like you, Heskiff, who have previously supported him, saying that, you know, that's probably the final straw for me. We just need to break ties with him and let him go. Now, Albert, you, you're you still clinging on a little bit? 
perpetually clinging on. Uh, well, it's, it's not as easy as saying, oh, let's sever ties with him, let's kick him to the curb, because we have to let his contract run down and, you know, we can't, we can't whip his contract out, scribble over it with a bit of biro and say, oh, your contract's finished this week. Sorry, mate. Um, or somebody has to buy him. Um, whilst he's whilst he's at the club, whilst he's on our payroll, you know, we, we oh, sounds like a broken record. We are not gifted up front with strikers. Um, and Jordan, are you aside uh, in, in very recent weeks? There's, there's no striker. There's no other option that is a clear and obvious choice to to displace him. Um, to give him some credit, you look at the uh, the work he did in the, um, the in the gut for the goal against United, and you know the goal against uh, Villa. You know he has in in the small the small rays of sunshine that we've seen in the games up to this point. You can say he's made he's made a. a an albeit small, but he's made a significant contribution, and you know they're not goals, but he's he's played a part in in the team scoring. Um, whilst he's at the club, whilst we aren't blessed with strikers, I'm 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 happy to give him another go, uh, in the hope that you know he might get three four goals this season. You know, and that's I know that's a desperate desperate scraping of the barrel, but until January rolls around and, and we sign some. Spain under nineteen wonder kid for only half a million quid who comes in and bangs in twelve. You know what's what what's more likely? Stick with Christian Benteke and him get two or three and hope goals come from elsewhere. Nobody's ripping up trees in our team at the moment. Um, there's no there's there is no alternative. I think our expected goals is perhaps nineteenth out of twenty teams in the division. Uh, it's certainly not creating any clear properly clear cut chances for players to score from. So. I think our um, expected goals this season is minus three. <laughs> I, I think it's zero point six eight, which is which is extremely extremely low, uh, especially in relation to how many points we've got as well. So we even um, got lucky in a sense of the amount of goals we have scored. But you know, take the expected goals stat how you will. Um, you know, Jeffrey Schlapp's one should have been relatively high when he got through one-on-one and he didn't come in for anywhere near as much stick as Benteke did for missing that chance when arguably Schlupps was the far better chance because he had the opportunity to slot or go around the goalkeeper probably as well. And I think Jeffrey Schlupp knew it as well because he's as soon as the goal went in, his head was in his shirt. Um, he was clearly devastated and knew that he'd missed the chance to put the game to bed. But yeah, we need to find goals from somewhere. We need to find them as fast as possible because January's still a very long way away. Uh, Heskiff, what happens to the atmosphere at Selhurst if, God forbid, 78 minutes, Pukey, Pukey puts them 1-0 up and we lose 1-0? Oh, toxic. It's been, it's been weird because, I mean, I, I'm sat in Block D and I'm near the HF, so it's, it's pretty loud where I am, but I've seen a lot of people who sit in other stands say that the noise levels from them is are not nearly as loud as they were before in Block B. So, you know, that's not good, but certainly the performances on the pitch also dictate noise levels to a, to a large extent, I think. And what we've seen this season hasn't been great, so it's quite tough to continually hit high decibels when you're watching a load of 
guff like we did in the first half on Sunday. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about the atmosphere. We've dragged on a bit on this pod tonight, so I don't want to talk about that. We'll perhaps get into that later in the season. Albert, is it going to finish 1-0 with a Timo Pukki goal? Oh, God, probably. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be 16-0, Crystal Palace. We'll come back to you, Hesketh. <laughs> um, well, I'll just do my perennial one all now. I was right last week, annoyingly. Um, yeah, go on, I'll say one all again. Dion Dublin to get the equaliser late on. Um, and, and Albert, a serious prediction, please. 15 nil. No, uh, it's going to be 2 1. 2 1 to Crystal Palace. Okay, I'll go, I'm going 2 nil. I think, I think we can give a bit of a lesson like Bernie did as well. Um, I expect them to come out, have a bit of a fast start after them getting. You know, two two goals conceded in 15 minutes against Burnley. I think they're going to come out of the traps pretty quick. But as long as we can see off that opening 15 minutes, uh, I, I think we'll just have a bit too much quality for them, uh, especially considering, you know, they seem to be up for it against the bigger teams this season and not so much the smaller teams. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll be able to give them a little bit of a Premier League lesson. There you go. Look, we'll end on a little bit of positivity. We'll be back after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Okay, actually a lot for this week. Uh, Do the usual, head over to your podcast outlets and leave us some ratings uh, listen to the review show which is on sunday where hambo will be talking you through hopefully a victory against norwich uh, of course head to back if you want to send us emails you can do that at hi at back and of course you can send us voice notes now there was over an hour's worth of voice notes sent to the review show on sunday through the whatsapp number on 02035751766. Hesk, if we don't get any voice notes, um, I'm feeling a little bit left out here. I think it's because they know we're going to deliver quality content every week. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, there was a WhatsApp voice note message show only um, into your inboxes this week if you subscribe to the podcasts. Um, so you can go and have a listen to that. <laughs> Made for very interesting listening indeed. Albert, stop putting on voices and sending them in. Sorry. <laughs> uh, on the socials follow us at back of the nest on twitter or back of the nest cpfc on instagram um yeah so albert will you be heading to sell us this wonderful little autumnal weekend in london oh you make it sound so romantic yes definitely yes and heskiff you will be there, and we we have a business meeting before the game, which we should not divulge too much information on at the moment. Let's just say Christian Benteke scoring a hat trick. Why am I not invited? Uh, because oh shit! Um, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yes, so we'll be back next week, where we'll be building up to this West our fourth trip to the Olympic Stadium where we are still winless so hopefully we'll be in your ears full of positivity after a win against Norwich and be talking about how we're going to roll into Olympic Stadium and get our first win there so until next week up the palace Um, 
So, yeah, Aaron Wilbraham and, and Calvin Andrews scoring penalties at Old Trafford. 2010 called. It wants his players back. <laughs> and, uh, literally, literally CPFC 2010 have called those clubs. <laughs> they would like those players back. Um, the BBC were doing updates on the penalty shootout and they called him Will Brahimovic. <laughs> It says, Will Brahimovic don't miss those. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.